another episode of We Storytellers podcast. I am Insha, a storyteller and content writer at We Storytellers. And today we have with us a special guest, Akanksha Rukhayar, to talk on the issue of gig workers and the gig economy, which has become a very relevant topic today, especially with the explosion of gig work that has happened in the last few years. So Akanksha, welcome. Hi, Hi, great to have you on. I am looking forward to an interesting conversation. So if you are ready, we can get started. Yes, let's go for it. I'm excited. Okay, great. Okay, so the first question I have for you is what made you choose a gig model over a conventional work environment? Okay, so that, that's a wonderful question. I mean, it's a question that... I feel like I ask myself every day as well. Uh, so a little bit of background, I'm 24. And so I kind of started freelancing, right? Or as you call it, being a gig worker right out of college. But um, what I realized is that through my college years, I had been a gig worker without actually knowing it. So I used to do these odd jobs on freelancing platforms and I worked for my college website as well. And that was just to get like my monthly pocket money for my college budget. So it was something that I had been doing without actually knowing the term for it or knowing that I was technically a gig worker. And then when I graduated, it was in the peak of the pandemic. So then I realized that, you know, um, again, as most people had a kind of crisis around that time about, you know, are they actually doing what they want to be doing? So that happened with me as well. So I was um, working at a law firm. I still am, but um, I kind of realized that maybe this traditional nine to five or in my case, in, in a law firm's case, it's more like a 10 to 12 midnight kind of a thing is really not for me. So while I tried to figure all this stuff out, I kind of, you know, again, went back to the, okay, I like writing. I like having the independence that a gig worker has in terms of, you know, it's not just about choosing your own um, assignments because, again, that's not the priority. The priority for me was being able to choose my lifestyle rather than um, being told that, okay, you know, you sit at this cubicle for 12 hours and, you know, that's what you do day in and day out. So, yeah, that was kind of my reason for transitioning to uh, something that's the opposite of a conventional work environment. And the more I read about the gig economy, I realized that, you know, it's something that a lot of people do. Maybe not in India, but across the world, it's very, very popular. So I was like, why not go for it? And yeah, that's, okay, so that's much great it. that you found something that works for you uh, but mm-hmm. taking off from your answer I have a, a question on that what exactly about the gig economy lifestyle suited you which a conventional work environment didn't fulfill so as I said right uh, there are things like I get to set my own hours and for me that that was important for me uh, because this entire traditional kind of cookie cutter lifestyle that um, the Indian corporate kind of space has created was just not for me. I had interned across my five years of college and 
I, you know, by the time I graduated, I already had one foot out of the door. I was like, maybe this is just not something I'm going to do. So then I looked up what a gig worker would do, right? So, you know, getting to set my own hours, getting to decide how I want to work, who who do I want to work with, no restrictions in terms of like, you know, you have to clock in at this particular time and you get to clock out only after this particular time. So for me, the biggest thing was being able to own my time. If I had to put it in a very uh, brief uh, manner, being able to call my time my own, being able to prioritize my family activities that I still am able to do each and every day, which I wouldn't be able to do if I was in a traditional office. That is what appealed to me. And that is why I chose to be a gig worker. Thanks, Akanksha. That's super insightful because obviously having some independence to balance out your work and life uh, priorities is super important. And being in the driver's seat, of course, deciding what Mm -hmm. you want to do, when you want to do, how you want to do it. That's also a great feeling. So moving on from that, I'm just curious, what does your typical day look like as a gig worker? What is your general schedule? Okay, so... um, this is an answer that I, I think a lot of mothers out there or parents in general out there will not like. I'm a night owl, so I I thrive in the <laughs> hours of 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. And honestly, like my, my mom doesn't like that. She's just like, that's weird. You're supposed to be waking up at 9 a.m. or 7 a.m. because that's what, what people are supposed to do, Right. And so, but luckily for me, I have overseas clients. So I have the time zone. I have a the time zone difference, like the time difference as an excuse. So my day kind of starts like this. Um, I, I end up waking up quite late. And then, so, but then the first half of my day is like committed to client calls or like, you know, uh, leads that I'm following up on. And maybe any child uh, assignments that I've lined up. And then after that, it's kind of free-flowing in terms of topic I'm working on. Because right now I haven't niched down. So I end up writing about mental health, B2B marketing, children's books. So the running joke amongst my friends is that, you know, some of my days I start drafting contracts because I'm still working for a law firm so I start my day drafting contracts on some days and by the end of the day I'm the one signing the contract as I bring another client into the fold I mean for me it's the diversity that I love that you know some days I'm I'm down this rabbit hole of what is email marketing and the very very specific questions and technicalities related to email marketing and on another day I am kind of trying to find uh, mental health resources for you know people my age who have kind of been affected during the pandemic so just the switch that I get to do each and every day that kind of dictates my typical day as a gig worker and that's also my biggest motivation being able to work on like four five things at the same time so you actually enjoy that multitasking from what it sounds like yep I love it I love it okay so another uh, facet of me being a gig worker is I also teach students so two days a week I'm also like you know 
on the line of like what is a punctuation mark so again just the wide spectrum of you know going from okay this is how you use a comma to me writing like really complex ebooks and white papers i love that so it's it's a it's like a whole smorgasbord that you have that you don't you're not going to get bored with one thing from what i've understood mm-hmm. you have a, a diversity so you there's a proper balance so you're always excited about the next thing and it never gets old for you that's that's exactly. what it sounds like sounds fun exactly. fascinating <laughs> Okay, so uh, I think the next question a lot of people would ask: uh, If you are a gig worker, can it be a sustainable primary income source, or is it does it only work like a side hustle? And if you think that a person can actually get a decent wage, a livable wage, just mm-hmm. off gig work, if you could please th- yeah. let us know. That that's like the question of the. your isn't it like can freelancing and gig work be a thing like a sustainable income source with most things related to gig work it depends on what you want so for me it wasn't uh, as much about uh, coming from where i am in terms of the support that i had from my parents uh, when i made that transition because again it's very difficult to convince people that you know after finishing a professional degree you want to move to something that is not traditional like gig work so for me my priority wasn't uh, my priority was exactly that to prove to them that you know it can be a primary income source on its own and you know it can be something that can be more than just a backup so that's the kind of mindset that i approach this entire thing with but right now i'm kind of in the middle because i'm also working at a law firm but that's only because i i'm not ready to give up law yet so it's the that balance is there not because being a gig worker cannot be more than a side hustle it's more because i am not ready to give up uh, what i have been studying for the past 5 years i definitely think that um gig work can be a primary income source i know plenty of people who have transitioned during the time of the uh, pandemic uh, from you know starting out as like starting pages that was just supposed to be a hobby to something that became a side hustle to something that then transitioned to a full uh, full time job which had all the benefits of a gig gig work kind of a setup so again they had full control they got to set their own hours they got to decide who they want to work with so i guess to answer the question yes it definitely can but the the thing that you have to understand is that you need to have goals for this it cannot be like flipping a switch you can't go from a full time job to a full time gig work setup within say weeks or months or even years it has to be like a organic um transition which can only be uh, done successfully with milestones and goals so for me it was first it became something like okay can i cover 20% of what i would earn if i uh, work full time in a law firm then that got pushed to 50 then that got pushed to 75% and again in these months there have been months where it's been you know there have been setbacks but that's again a part of the learning process so my biggest lesson was that yes it can be a sustainable primary income if i have patience 
you know okay. it's that's the biggest thing it's not the same as you know signing an offer you know getting an offer letter and being like okay i'm done every 30th i'm going to get x amount of money and that's it so for me i had to you know kind of navigate that mindset as well that you know you have to start small and you do not jump from one thing to the other without knowing or without having a structure in mind that okay if this doesn't uh, pan out the way i wanted to do i have another replacement for it and that is how it it slowly becomes a primary income source and then once you are on that path it is sustainable like any other full time job like it then it just becomes a part of your life in terms of you know instead of commuting to office or instead of doing the things you would do in a corporate setup you have your own task list and then it's the same as any other traditional setup if you have the systems in place i hope that makes okay. sense uh yeah i just have a few clarifying questions so basically you said be the turtle and not the hare it's going to be a slow gradual process and you you have to expect a slow build up to actually mm-hmm. transition seamlessly into the gig work economy in a way that you can sustain yourself right exactly. uh, you also mentioned something about structures and systems can you clarify what exactly you mean do you mean like the digital systems like the apps you use the technology or your own uh, your own structure in terms of designing your schedule or is it both or is it something more than that okay okay yeah that that's a wonderful um question so what i meant is that um see when you are an employee in a traditional setup you you're kind of told what to do and how to do it right you're given like a company laptop or whatever it is like there are systems in place and you just kind of have to follow that right but when you're a gig worker you kind of have to figure that out on your own because no two gig workers will have the same um, set of whether it's the set of apps whether it's the schedule whether it's the kind of work that kind of value that they want to give to the client it will all differ so that's where the individual effort comes in where you have to ask yourself that you know this is a goal that i'm making for myself what are the best tools out there that will help me reach that goal so for me uh, the biggest thing was the uncertainty of being a gig worker even the good parts that you know every day is different but that can also be kind of a thing that can scare you a little bit so to offset that i kind of wanted to be a little bit systematic so i structure my days in terms of not jobs that i have to take off but um, more like um systems that i kind of use that okay today i have filled my excel sheet full of these ideas that i might want to uh, incorporate in my client briefs next week right so again it's not like something it's not something that i take off once and for all because it's like an organic process that i go back to throughout the day but it's just one kind of a milestone for that day that i want to complete and the same goes for like um any apps that i use right so all my task management apps i know that as long as i've looked at it i know where i'm going that's kind of enough for me to structure my day without actually having to pencil it down right or having a manager or 
a supervisor of some sort telling me that okay this is what you need to do so in that sense being a gig worker you have to think about being all the titles that are there in a company you have to be all of those things you have to be the intern you have to be the uh, trainee you have to be the point of contact you have to be the supervisor the manager the in terms of writing you have to be the editor sometimes or so a jack of all trades basically exactly. to be a jack of and a master of some not a master of none you have to be a master of some master and a jack of, some. of yeah yeah so yeah that's fascinating because it sounds like it has to be greatly self driven you yeah. have to be focused you have to be like i'm going to do this and i have to have uh, the patience not just the skill and it's going to take time and uh, it's like a double edged sword it sounds like like you have the freedom to set your time but then you have to make sure that you're setting everything in the right way and you have to have uh, that amount of stability within yourself like you said not everything happens perfectly there are moments of learning right so exactly. even if you fall off you have to have the stability and the confidence and commitment to get right up back onto that horse yeah yeah, yeah. that's true that's that's okay. precisely it and that's the thing right isha as you mentioned jack of all trades the entire quote is something that people don't not many people know right it says it the a jack of all trades is a master of none but often times yeah. better than a master of one right so yeah. that second part <laughs> of the quote is something that not many people know so again that is also something that's one of the biggest um kind of um i wouldn't say the thoughts but like kind of um comments that i get when i talk about my first of all explaining what i do to people is super difficult because they go like really okay you okay. you sit at a you sit on your laptop for like 8 hours 10 hours a day but you decide what you're doing like it boils down to that sometimes where i'm like okay i have like 6 7 clients sometimes mm-hmm. i write about mental health sometimes i write about marketing sometimes i write about you know i'm just doing social media posts for industry mm-hmm. leaders mm-hmm. so there's no like um you un- like uniting thread that goes through all of this for most people to understand for me that thread is just creativity and writing mm-hmm. that the words. that the yeah. words yeah that is mm-hmm. enough for me but mm. for other people to understand that it's a little bit difficult and, so you think um, there's some stigma attached to it is that would you kind of i feel like you're hinting at that like there's some kind of misunderstanding or stigma attached so people start looking at you in a particular way going what are you doing um i a- i wouldn't go as far as using the word stigma but it would be but it's more like you know cluelessness would okay. be something that that i would say because when i if i do sit down and so again if i use my mo- mom as an example once i actually laid down everything that i do and i explained it to her she was all for it she she was okay. just super supportive and but that that wasn't just because she's just you know of course she had that trust in me that i would um kind of stick to the process and not give up but she also mm. kind of understood that this is how our economy is um, progressing at this point right especially mm. during the pandemic when people were sitting at home and they realized that you know 
maybe I don't want to dress up every day and clock in at 9 a.m. Maybe I do not want to um, work on weekends if I don't want to, right? So, mm. so sometimes when I feel that, okay, you know, maybe I should kind of um, stop trying to fight this traditional system, I go and look at stats. So I, <laughs> I read this really interesting statistic that 84% of, of you know, gig workers are living their preferred lifestyle compared to okay. those working in traditional jobs. Really? So that that's is, a massive number. Exactly. Exactly. Compared to 54% of those working in traditional jobs. So again, these 84% people, maybe they aren't at the income goal that they have set for mm. themselves or maybe they haven't actually replaced their full-time income just yet. But mm. they are happy with the lifestyle that, that they're living. And that's the thing that drives me as well. Even if it's not mm. the traditional path, it doesn't matter. The kind of days that I have at the end of the day, I am tired, yes, but I'm very content with what, that's what super, I do. And that's super important because you exactly. can getting, be getting so much money and have what someone thinks is fantastic from outside, but you can be miserable inside. Right, I mean, right. there are people who've left big CEO positions, I know personally, and who are doing social work because exactly. they just didn't gel with the corporate culture and they were like, we were miserable and it's just not what you want to spend our life doing. Precisely. So, we don't even have to go to the CEO level. All my friends, so people in the 24, 26 uh, uh, age group who graduated and then joined like law firms or like traditional offices they are burnt out they or they are on that path and they're going to get burnt out really soon so again if you look at like you know I don't know if there's statistics for this but this is burnt out as 26 is too young too young too young if something's off with the system, if you're burnt exactly. out at 26. <laughs> exactly. So it's, again, it's not like I don't have 12-hour work days. I do. But mm. those 12-hour work days are the 12 hours that I wanted to put in, if that ah, makes sense. Okay. So you can take yes. a break when you want and you can work when you want as long as you're meeting the overall deadline, basically. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And actually that makes sense also because, you know, everyone functions differently and different times in the day, sometimes taking a short nap or gap mm-hmm. or relaxing actually pushes your productivity exactly. rather than like just a horse with blinders, just going full speed, you know, and kind mm-hmm. of trying to push through. So that mm-hmm. actually kind of make, may, does make sense to me what you're, what you're saying. Thanks for clarifying that. Uh, I, I think the last question I have for you would be, what about a company or a business would catch your uh, uh, attention as a gig worker and would make you think, hmm, I would like to work, you know, with this organization? That's an interesting question. I mean, there's not, there's no list as such, but I think for me, the biggest thing is when I read like the, uh, whatever post that they have put up, right? Um, the job description or, uh, you know, any kind of brief. I kind of try to figure if they're trying to pigeonhole a gig worker into a full-time job. Okay, okay. because... Can you uh, clarify that, please? Because- okay, so um, when a, we, we all know that a gig worker doesn't get the same perks as, as a conventional employee, right? That's yeah. one of the biggest kind of... Um, 
disadvantages that people say or uh, people uh, list down when they're seeing a traditional employee is better because you know they don't get the same uh, benefits or the same perks because a gig worker at the end of the day is not an employee so what i first look at is whether the company respects the fact that they are in fact trying to hire a gig worker so you know they're not trying to get someone who will be on call 24/7 who will okay. be be like a full time employee without all the benefits okay you know understood that, understood yeah so that's like the biggest um red flag i would say mm. that i look for because again companies are still trying to figure out this entire gig work economy they're trying to see how they can get the most the value yeah exactly out of it right yeah. so that's the boundary that you have to draw as a gig worker that you know is this something that would work for me so again for some gig workers they don't mind being on call 24/7 it's okay that's their um, that's something mm. that they're okay with for me mm. that is something that i would probably see as like a okay despite this is are there other things that i like about this company so then mm. it comes down to just that that you know is it going to be a fit like a cultural fit or just a you know value sharing what are, the, what are the other things you look for in a company when you like okay they want me kind of full time uh what would still make you choose a company even if they were kind of waving that red flag as you call them for me it would just be um when i look at these uh, this whatever job descriptions i kind of see if i can have a conversation with someone in the company right whether it's the person hiring or whether it's someone otherwise to see if there's a match in values like for example i'm working for an overseas client it's it's a, a content marketing agency and the person heading it she was just wonderful over the discovery call it was one hour of us just kind of figuring that we have a lot in common in terms of what we want to achieve like she wanted to kind of put out content uh, put out content and show mm. that um you know gig workers in uh, non western countries are also as good as those in um western countries right so then mm. that is something that even i feel like is uh, i feel is a stereotype that needs to be addressed where you know indian gig workers are always um told that you know you're not as good as someone in the UK or the US and therefore we'll pay you less so that okay. kind of match in um, values is something that i look at and other than that for me the biggest thing is um are they creating content just for the sake of it or is there something that they actually want to get out of it because that's where my job comes in right so okay. if if it's them just expecting me as a writer to churn out content day after day with, without it you know i i see it as throwing words into the abyss where like you know it just kind of goes nowhere then that mm. would not be a good fit for me because i want to be able to create an impact with my content whether it's helping out okay. a small business whether it's helping mm. out some some parent who's looking for you want to create some life. value it's not just putting words on a page it's the value and impact those words create moving on in real life exactly exactly okay okay 
So I think I'm done, Akanksha. Do you have any questions for me? Um, so I just wanted to build upon what you asked me, actually, right? You asked hmm. me what I look at when I um, decide which company or which client I want to work for. Yeah. I wanted to ask what what do companies look for when they uh, decide to hire a gig worker? Is there any okay. are there any parameters that they? Look I mean, for? that's it's a very relevant question. Obviously, uh, I think obviously there are certain things a company is going to look for, and uh, the most important would obviously be skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I is the person able to do the job that is required. That's the most important thing. And even if you look at sample pieces of the gig worker and look at other things, it's still a risk because you don't know how that's going to translate uh, translate into real time, right? Yeah. You're still yeah. taking a calculated risk, I would say, uh, mm-hmm. but you have to. There's no other way. The same way a gig worker takes a risk working with a client, even a company would take a risk working with a gig worker, but obviously seeing if they have the skills. Because yeah. without skills, you can't even get through the door, right? You don't even exactly. have your foot in the door with, without that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think an offshoot of the skills also would be the improvability in the sense okay. of do they have the capability to improve on even existing skills? Uh, if something right. needs to be tweaked in their work, are they able to understand and implement that? Okay, because you don't always get it right off the first bat. In fact, rarely. Usually there's some things to tweak. So is the gig worker able to understand that, comprehend that and translate that into their work? Right. Okay. okay. So that, that makes be, sense. Yeah, because it's like a gradation of skill. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and taking off from that also, another offshoot of skill would be originality is um can the person come up with unique ideas or go one step further than the brief given? Do you understand what I mean by one step further? Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't need to clarify that. It's um, just that extra little something, yeah. right? That you That's gonna, Yeah, because uh, besides the work, companies are obviously looking also for whether it be a full-time employee, part-time or gig worker. What else can you add? Can you go a little extra? Because that brings more value to them, right? Understandably so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think uh, from that, then the other would be integrity. That you're okay. not going to plagiarize your work. There is no cut, copy, pasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, as a, specifically as a gig worker, you'll be working with multiple companies, right? right? So seeing whether the person is trustworthy. Can they keep confidentiality? Do they, you know, keep their word? So even though you sign a non-disclosure, you know, it's not 100%, right? Mm -hmm. So there again, companies have to take a call. Does this person seem trustworthy? Can I trust them with, you know, confidential stuff? And uh, I think um, the other thing would be stability. That, you, you know, you're not hopping from one company to another, that you can maintain a a continuous stable relationship with one company so you have some mm-hmm. dependability so Fair enough. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean even a gig worker would look for that right in a in a yeah. company and so vice versa even a company would look for it because uh, maintaining that relationship is super, actually building and maintaining a relationship is super important uh and yeah. then yeah so and then uh the other thing would be, uh, I guess, the dependability. 
Mm-hmm. that uh, you don't drop out at last minute you there's a deadline for a project you meet yeah. that deadline and especially if something happens you are because once in a while things happen you know it's life so you yeah. inform ahead of time not yeah. like it's due in on monday uh, afternoon and monday morning the gig worker is calling and saying you know i just can't deliver yeah that's that's, that's true yeah the, i think that that is super important um, that's also the biggest um criticism that people have for gig workers that you know they're not reliable because they're no kind of um there's no consequence per se mm, right exactly if, except for then you won't get work from that company exactly. if you do it repeatedly but exactly. there's so much Uh, demand in other companies i don't think it matters <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think that that's what i would say uh but i think we've covered quite a bit and uh, you've given a lot of insights into what goes into the gig economy and what a gig worker goes through and the whole journey of a gig worker so i i want to thank you for uh, this fascinating conversation akanksha and uh, i hope uh, we have you back soon to uh, talk more on many more interesting topics oh yeah i would love i had a wonderful time and i hope this helps people out there understand that a gig worker like gig work is a legit uh, path to you know uh, go on yeah, yeah i'm sure it will help a lot of people because it helped me also so i i awesome. think that you've got that point up We wrap up this episode of We Storytellers Akanksha. It was great to have you with us. Thanks for tuning into the We Storytellers podcast. We'll be back soon with new exciting episodes. If you're interested in more such thought-provoking conversations, follow us on Spotify and check out our website at www.we-storytellers.in. Hope to see you soon.